This episode of Story Institute's Ramblin' Verser is brought to you by Timeless Tales. We bring you travel and fun, creating new stories in your life. Enhance your stories now. wants to be an artist of any kind, whether they're a performing artist, a musician, a painter, a writer, a poet, they will find a way. Well, hello there and welcome to Story Institute's Rambling Verser Podcast, Episode 7. The voice you just heard was that of Roberta Lee. She will be our guest on today's show. I am John Murray III, host, guide, and Rambling Verser. We will again be joined by our usual cast of characters, Murray and Terry. And without further ado, here's this week's quote. Today's reflection is brought to you by Pearl S. Buck. The person who tries to live alone will not succeed as a human being. His heart withers if it does not answer another heart. His mind shrinks away if it hears only the echoes of his own thoughts and finds no other inspiration. Whether you're a writer, an artist, or just enjoy creativity, look for that, look for that other connection. Don't try to do it alone. Uh, there are many ways, many outlets that, that you can uh, pursue to get feedback on your, your craft, on your writing, and uh, take advantage of those, those opportunities. In future episodes, we hope to bring you more of the writing group slant so that you can see the inner workings of successful writing groups. If you are a member of a successful writing group, please write to us. Let us know. Uh, share some feedback on our site at storyinstitute.com or send an email to ramblingverser at storyinstitute.com or for simply leave us a voicemail. The poem of the week comes from one of my favorite poets, Lord Byron. She Walks in Beauty by Lord Byron. She walks in beauty like the night of cloudless climes and starry skies and all that's best of dark and bright. Meet in her aspect and her eyes, thus mellowed to the tender light which heaven to gaudy day denies. One ray the more, one shade the less, had half impaired the nameless grace, which waves in every raven tress, or softly lightens o'er her face, where thoughts serenely sweet express, how pure, how dear their dwelling place. And on that cheek and o'er that brow, so soft, so calm, yet eloquent, the smiles that win, the tints that glow, the tell of days and goodness spent, a mind at peace with all below, a heart whose love is innocent. When we write poems and short stories or even full-length novels, we have uh, imagery that we need to include, imagery that mostly we can identify with. However, the hope is once the reader outside of our immediate family reads it, is that they can also identify with it. We're engaging them in the story process. Our guest today is Roberta Lee, and she will talk about her novel, but also how she engages her audiences and creates that sense of beauty a little bit in her art, uh, but most importantly in her writing. Uh, there are many details that can't be left out in conversation within a storyline, and Roberta uh, does a great job of connecting those back together, listening to her audience, and tying things into uh, everyday conversation. So whether you write poetry or prefer prose, we hope you do enjoy this episode of Rambling Verser and our featured guest. So we're here with Roberta Lee, artist, writer, and entrepreneur. Uh, thank you for joining us, Roberta. And uh, we're, we're here to talk about, about your writings and how you incorporate art in, in, into your writing. Um, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you, John. It's wonderful to have the invitation. It's wonderful to talk to you this morning. So tell us a little bit, uh, first of all, why, why you write. I think I write for the same reason that all people create, and I think we are all creative. I think creativity is indigenous to the human spirit, in other words, and that it's just very obvious when someone produces a book, a painting, a piece of music, uh, there's a tendency for folks to point at them and say, well, you know, they're creative, I'm not. They're an artist, you know, they're crazy, I'm not. Uh, and yet, I'd say creativity is the woman who puts all of her efforts and love into her family, her home. It's the guy who builds the model railroad in his basement. It's the guy who tricks out his car uh, or puts it into their jobs, which is, I think, where most Americans put their creativity. So I, I think people are just driven to, to create things. It's sort of an ongoing conversation about being human, and writing is just one little verse in this long saga that goes back millennia about what it is to be a human being. We notice on your, your website, which is uh, robertaleeart.com. Yes, it is. It's yeah. robertaleeart.com. Great. <laughs> uh, we, notice, we notice there that, uh, that, that uh, you, ha you mix this, this, this painting with the writing. So is your writing focused on, on the paintings, or, or do you have another focus for, for what you write about? I think the two are in some ways related. I, I never really thought about that until you just mentioned, you know, are they related to each other in the sense that both are set in this very – suburban landscape that I'm comfortable with. My paintings um, are, tend to be these very uh, small landscapes that I do outside, outdoors as much as possible, in natural light, and it's the things I see around me. My, my, my books are about the world that I live in and the people that inhabit it, and it's, it's very much based in the same universe, this little suburban neck of the woods. I am in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is uh, 50 miles directly north of Philadelphia, and it's the outskirts of suburbia. So there's still some rural touches and the, the more strip mall, big box, you know, the CVSs and all of that uh, are also here. And both of those two things reflect that uh, world that I live in. And, in fact, you have, you have a, a book or a novel series called The Suburban Sprawl. That's correct. And the, the title came to me for the series, um, you know, in one of those wonderful inspirations where I realized that that's what the stories are. The, the stories in Suburban Sprawl, there are now uh, three finished volumes. I'm working on the fourth as we speak. I don't know how many there will be. They share the same cast of characters, and the stories follow each other. And uh, each one, really to me, they're, they're simple plots. They're almost soap opera kind of plot lines with complex themes behind them. And a lot of the theme to me has to do with what modern life in this kind of a world, this landscape of suburbia, how it, how it affects people. The need to fit in, the conformity that's, and the sort of blandness, frankly, that's shoved on you. I live in a, a house that uh, when we bought it, my late husband and I bought it, uh, was white with white trim. I painted it bright yellow. I mean, bright yellow with um, bright blue shutters. Yeah. And trust me, I can say without any doubt in my mind, I live in the only bright yellow house in Bucks County. <laughs> it's the only one, uh, the only person here who isn't living in a house that's some shade of gray and not driving a car that's some shade of silver. And I don't have a basketball net in my driveway either. So I've always been a bit of an outcast. I don't have children. I'm living surrounded by people who have children. Uh, and I work as a creative artist, and I'm surrounded by people who live and work basically in the corporate world one way or the other. 
So looking at suburbia through my eyes, I see the ironies of it and the, the pressures of it that I'm not sure that people who are more integrated into it uh, see for themselves. Well, that adds that adds not only to your uniqueness, but your passion for, for the art itself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've always been driven to do this kind of work, and frankly, uh, I'm, I'm 55. I sold my first painting when I was uh, 17, 16, 16 years old, uh, and it has been a very rocky path. And, and in all honesty, working artists always have sacrificed a great deal uh, during their lifetimes, uh, certainly in the way of financial uh, success and, and the doodads that, that come with that. And you have to be passionate about it to have survived. There's no other way. I've often, uh, when, I, when I was working more into the, the painting and going to art shows and setting up a booth, very often people would come to me and say, my child is, is gifted. You know, he, he or she can draw, can paint. Uh, what should we do? And my immediate, immediate reaction was sort of, well, break their hands now, you know, like <laughs> nip it in the butt. But yeah. there's, there's a reality to that, which is if they are committed to this life, they will find a way. It's not about what school you send them to. Um, practical advice would be let them get a real job so that they have a real job skill that they can fall back on. Uh, but nevertheless, if someone really wants to be an artist of any kind, whether they're a performing artist, a musician, a painter, a writer, a poet, they will find a way. Being unique in, in your art and, and even where you live, how, where, where do you find things to write about? And, and what, what inspires you to, to write or to paint? It's everywhere. I mean, the painting is everywhere. I'm, as I speak to you, uh, we have perhaps four or five inches of uh, pretty fresh snow on the ground here, which amazingly, in this part of uh, the state, did, did not be followed immediately by uh, three inches of rain and then freeze solid. So it actually looks pretty this morning, is what I'm saying. And the yes. sun is slanting across. The shadows are very uh, purple. The sunlit snow is very pink and yellow to me, to my eye. And everywhere I look, I see paintings. Uh, the same is true of writing. Yesterday I was stopped at a traffic light, and uh, two couples passed me as I was parked on the sidewalk, going in opposite directions, so they also passed each other to pass. And there was an elderly couple. Sidewalks were a bit icy. Uh, he, was, he had his arm crooked, and she had her hand in his arm, and they were tottering along, in all honesty, as we all will be someday, uh, maneuvering through the snow, very focused on each other. Uh, there was a young couple coming the other way, who I assume were together because they were walking at the same pace, and they, they passed very quickly past the elderly couple. And both of the young people, they were each on their own cell phone. And I just thought, there's a story. There's a ton of stories there about the old couple, the, the things they have seen in their lives, these yeah. young people who seem to be embarking on a relationship, and yet they're both, you know, they're together, but they're not together. Uh, so many thoughts went through my mind, including there's a story just in The Observer who sees that happen. So I would say, you know, the stories are everywhere. You just have to extrapolate outward. Um, you get two dots out of the possible 5,000 dots that you could connect. And the beauty of writing is that you only need two dots, and you can go from there. You know, and you, you bring up uh, an interesting point. It's, it, it's about people as well. You know, the, the, there's interactions that sometimes we don't, we don't have or we ignore, but that's, that's what creates part of that story. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, one of one of your books, and um, you know you can you can choose choose the, the either the tarot or the suburban sprawl series. But tell us a little bit about one of those books, and, and even some of the characters with within those. 
Absolutely. Uh, probably the easiest one for me to talk about right now is the one I'm working on, which is the fourth volume in the Suburban Sprawl series. And what's interesting there is that um, I've already built this whole character cast, which is quite extensive now. Uh, and what I've learned is wonderful about a series of novels is you can bring certain characters forward in one story, and then they can retreat into the background in another, and then they can come back, and you kind of can put them on center stage and put the spotlight on them for a bit, uh, and, and then in a, maybe the next book you don't hardly hear about them. You just see them occasionally. And, and my stories are particularly interesting because um, I, I, they're partly ghost stories, which is great because I can kill off a character and still have them come back. Yeah. You know, so you never really, you never really shelve a character once you've built it. Uh, the volume I'm working on right now is a book, is a story that I, I've had in my mind for years and years, and it's finally decided to pull the trigger. I'm very excited about it. It's called uh, uh, The Suicide Tour, a love story. Normally I'm not big on subtitles, but I felt in this case it was kind of necessary to maybe soften that title, which sounds like it might be a glum book, but it's not. My books are also very funny. There's a lot of satire and humor in my books. And it's a story about what we were just talking about, John, what you mentioned about the you know, looking at people and, and seeing the story that might be underneath the facade that you see, the, 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 the visual, it's a story about someone who disappears. And a lot of the story is based on the ideas of everyone else, all the other characters, react to the disappearance, which is very mysterious, very few clues on what's happened, based on their own, uh, what they bring to it, what, what their uh, expectations of life, their experiences, why they might wish to disappear, how they would do it if it were up to them. I think there's a, you know, a fantasy. If you could start over again, what would you do? Uh, so it's an interesting story for that reason, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I discovered that it's, it's a lot funnier. I, I wasn't sure when I got into it. Each one of my books has different amounts of humor, and sometimes it's very dry humor. And this one is kind of outrageously funny in certain, uh, in certain places, and I'm, I'm just really excited about it. The one thing I noticed about about the type of things that you write is that they're all available on your website, and you've chosen to go an electro, a pure electronic path, and it's it's very it's very progressive, but it's also um, it also ties you into being the marketer, the writer, the publicist. Um, what does that do for you? What what is your day like to to get get the word out there, but also to promote to promote your your art? Well, literally every morning, and I, at this point, seven days a week, uh, I'm more creative in the afternoon. So every morning for me is about self-promotion. It's about just getting uh, the word out there. That means updating my web page, my Facebook uh, page, uh, going to LinkedIn, LinkedIn and trying to make some more connections, new connections, Twitter being the same sort of thing, uh, YouTube for my videos, uh, which are the most fun thing in the world to produce, and I adore them, but they also also are they're in support of my novel, so that needs to be done. And then there's literally the production part of this. Uh, beyond the writing uh, is creating the different file types that I need to be able to sell electronic work. Um, I, you and I were talking before uh, we began recording here about hardbound copies being available as well. That's certainly in my future. Uh, I don't see any reason not to do that, although right now I'm focused on the electronic part of this. And the most exciting thing for me right now is that I'm working on producing all of my books as HTML uh, documents, which will be not only something that somebody can read, literally, on their phone, uh, any web-capable handheld, or their computer, of course, 
uh, but will also be able to be simply downloaded so that you can then read it anywhere in the world, even if you can't get on the Internet, you're stuck on a plane and they won't let you, that kind of thing. So uh, that, that all takes time. Uh, the coding into HTML takes time. Producing uh, a hardbound volume, if I do do that through a, a, a print-on-demand uh, press, if I do that, I need to reformat first into a 6 by 9 size. Uh, I think they will do that for you, but I'd like to make sure that it, it looks good, you know, and that everything rags nicely on the edges and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing all that in the mornings. And that's, that's what I would say that is different about this, is I'm not waiting for someone to take my manuscript and magically uh, make me a successful writer. Um, if, you know, if somebody's out there listening and, and suddenly has the inspiration to do that, you know, call me. Yes. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I, I do think the reality for creative people has always been self-promotion. Um, and you don't see it necessarily in the ones that make it. Um, you assume that they've uh, found another path. So, so that's the difference for me as I spend every morning doing that. And that's what I would say to someone wishing to do this. Is you're going, it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of work. So, um, so because you take this unique path where you, you promote, promote yourself purely online and you have that, you must have a unique, uh, unique reader set, a unique audience. T tell us a little bit about your audience and, and what, what may lead them to, to either looking at your books, recommend, recommend your writing, recommend your paintings even. Um, what, well, they're what crazy people. I mean, that's <laughs> I would say. No, it's very funny. Um, I don't really know. I mean, the thing, the thing that people don't really understand about podcasting, see, my books are also available. The, the first three volumes in Suburban Sprawl are available as a free podcast. Now, that might change. I'm looking at producing a podcast that will be paid to, you know, to, to find the feed for the upcoming volumes. But still, that's how most people, I think, at this point have found me, and that means mostly iTunes. So first of all, my audience are people who are, are tech savvy. Um, podcast listeners tend to be people who are trapped in their vehicles, but most podcasts are listened to in cars, whether they're commuting or, again, they're, they're soccer moms and they've got these blocks of time where they're waiting for school buses and, you know, the, the reality of suburban life being that you're always waiting for your kids to, you know, to move them around, shuttle them around. So the first thing is that there are people who are online who understand those basic things about um, the Internet. Um, my books also have, um, again, there's a satirical edge to them. Uh, they're funny. Uh, they're also sexy. There's an erotica component in all of my writing. Uh, so there, there are people who are interested in those kinds of stories. The most fascinating part of this whole thing for me has really been my Facebook page, which is very new. It's only been there uh, less than two weeks. And uh, I, I, you know, mentioned it on my podcast and, and said, you know, come be my, my fan, uh, their word, not mine, on Facebook, yeah. thinking, oh, well, you know, there'll be three people, uh, all of whom I'm related to, you know. <laughs> uh, and no, <laughs> I think there are 35 or 40 folks there now none of whom I know who they are. I recognize a few of their names, and some have introduced themselves as being people who have made comments on my YouTube channel about my work as well, my videos. Yeah. It's absolutely fascinating. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm always asking sort of, how did you find, you know, how did you find me? Uh, a lot of it seems to be word of mouth. Uh, clusters of them seem to be friends with each other. Um, and, and others who know, there's a, there's a guy whose um, Facebook name is, Studley Muffino, and who has a picture of a corn muffin as his profile picture. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if you're listening, Studley, I love you. Uh, you know, who knows who they are? 
Yeah. Uh, and they're all over the world. There's a woman in Hong Kong. Uh, there are a couple of uh, readers, listeners, uh, that combination with the podcasting uh, in, in the U- U.K., um, all over this country, certainly, every part of this country. Absolutely fascinating. I, I'm just delighted by the Internet that it allows uh, writers, artists of all kinds, to connect with their audience so directly. Fascinating stuff. So, so how does that how does that make you feel that that feedback that that you get, or or even just the fact that they they became your fan on Facebook? It's incredible. I mean, it's uh, when I um, when I uploaded another turning point here. I mean, the Facebook thing is amazing and, and just starting. It's it's I know that's going to grow. I uploaded uh, the video for um, uh, the newest book that's available as a podcast, which is called the uh, uh, which is called Owning Betty. And that uh, had not been added to the podcast feed yet. I was just starting to get to that point, finishing out the volume before. So I uploaded the video onto YouTube and went on the podcast on, on my channel. And before I start reading the book, I always give a little introduction. And I said, I just put a video in support of the new book uh, up on YouTube and, you know, go and look at it. I went to bed that night, got up the next morning at, at 6 in the morning, I looked at YouTube, and there were like 350 views of my little video. Wow. And way out of proportion to any of my others that had been there for months. And I just sat there looking at the screen, first thing, thinking, assuming that my close-up vision not being as great as it was, and I was simply seeing the number wrong. You know, it's really 35, surely. And yeah. when I realized what that meant, that the only way that people would find that little video on YouTube, which is you know, billions and billions of videos a day probably are uploaded, was if they heard me mention it on my podcast, uh, what proportion of people who listen to the podcast then took the time to go to YouTube? How many people are listening to my podcast? It changed my entire approach, John, to this whole thing. Suddenly it was real. Suddenly it wasn't uh, because, again, podcasters don't know how many people are subscribed. There are ways to track subscriptions through various channels, but you don't know what the total ever is. It's, it's always an approximation uh, to realize that, you know, that many people were involved in what I was doing was just astonishing and absolutely wonderful. Very good. Yeah, it's it's always amazing that the um, massive amounts of technology we have, but we can't tell you how many people listened or downloaded at a time. So it's yeah. it's always good to hear from, from the people, and it's always good to see uh, larger numbers than we expect. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> and that would be one thing I would say to your listeners if they're uh, into podcasts or if there's a, a video channel on YouTube that they're – they're fond of, go ahead and leave a message. Let people know because a lot of creative people just don't know. And that is a great frustration. I belong to a couple of podcast groups, you know, on the Internet. And we're always talking about that, that, for example, YouTube, um, or I'm sorry, iTunes, says that they don't track, they don't know how many people are subscribed. But then later on, <laughs> in the same document, they say that whether or not you get like primo billing yes. uh, when people search in is based on how many subscribers you have. So clearly they know. They're just not telling anybody. And, and so podcasters don't know. We, we honest to God don't know whether there's 10 of you or 10,000 of you. Please let us know one way or the other. Just you know, send us a message. Find us on Facebook. Find our, our website. Uh, drop us a line, let us know you're listening, or otherwise we, we might just g- give up in despair and pack our microphones away. <laughs> well, I think I think that advice is good, especially from a listener or a reader perspective, because it it helps you keep going as a as a writer, as a as a creative individual to know that that there are other people uh, out there appreciating what you do. So absolutely, I think that's the big uh, problem with blogs. You know, if everybody goes into with great int- intentions, they're going to update this thing every week and 
and uh, you know it's going to be wonderful. But you, you, again, you don't know how many people are are listening. So most blogs sort of stop at some point. You know, it's just like you know they just they stop. They're locked in time because he just gave up. You know, he just he just couldn't do it anymore right, right. without some kind of feedback coming in. So. Um... Good advice for, for, for readers and listeners. What advice would you have to, to a writer or, or even creative individual looking to do something similar to, to what you have done? Besides uh, don't, you know, <laughs> besides that, that piece of advice, uh, it's, it's a lot of work would, would be the advice, and, and that's a simple practical piece of advice. But if, if you really want to go down this path, it's astonishing what you can accomplish. I would also say on a very minimal budget. Uh, almost every piece of uh, technology, whether it's software or hardware, I use. I've scored on eBay for, for remarkably little money. Uh, be smart would be the, the advice, therefore. Don't invest huge amounts of money right off the bat. Go slow. You know, start with basic technology and keep learning and keep moving forward. And expect that you're going to be on um, a do-it-yourselfer curve. I, I would say if I go to Home Depot and I have a good chance that I will meet you in the aisle, um, standing in front of some nuts and bolts or, or something with a quizzical look, or in the plumbing aisle, which is where most of my quizzical looks are, are saved for. What? Yes. <laughs> it's a, the plumbing question. If that's who you are, if you spend your time at Home Depot or Lowe's or any of those places, then you're going you're gonna to make a great self-publishing writer or a podcaster. If that idea is alien to you, if when the plumbing starts to do weird things, your immediate impulse is to simply pick up a phone and call a plumber, this might not be your path. Because it is seat of the pants, it's do-it-yourself time. Good, great. Well, well, uh, thank you for for all your insights. Uh, is there anything that that you'd like to add for for our listeners, or or anything you'd like to talk about for for your writing, your books, your paintings, anything in particular? I guess uh, just invite everybody to come and see what I do. Uh, it is RobertaLeeArt.com, and uh, look for me on Facebook. Uh, become my fan on Facebook. You can write on my wall, which is the most, that's the cool thing about Facebook, by the way, is that it's really easy. You, you're, you don't have to email me. I will never see your email address. You don't, obviously, um, Studley Muffino is proof that you don't even need to have your real name connected to it if you don't want to. Uh, and it's, it's a great way to meet people. And I, I would love to hear uh, from some of your listeners. I think it would be a lot of fun. I'm sure there's some of them who would enjoy uh, what I do, whether it's my paintings, which are for sale on my website, robertaleeart.com, um, or uh, my books, which are available as free podcasts, and the feed is uh, on the website as well, as well as uh, links to be able to purchase them right there immediately, two and, mouse clicks away. And where can they <laughs> find you on, on Facebook or even Twitter? Um, look for me as Roberta Lee, uh, Roberta Lee on Facebook. Uh, search Roberta Lee. I think I have the only page at this point with that name attached to it. In fact, in, it looks like on search results I'm going to come up uh, number one uh, right there. Uh, on Twitter, Roberta Lee Art is my ID. Great. Um, oh, uh, 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 YouTube, uh, the channel is called Burt Girl, but if you search Roberta Lee, you're going to get my, my channel as well. For those of you waiting to submit an entry to our Poetry and Short Story Contest, visit us at storyinstitute.com. You still have a little time, and uh, we hope to uh, receive more entries. We're looking to publish an anthology this year with all those great ideas and topics from, from our listeners and our readers. And here's Terry with our Poetry and Short Story Topics of the Week. Terry? And here's today's short story topic, Flower Power. Picking the right flower can make or break a relationship. You go with the red ones, pink ones, the white ones, the roses, the tulips. 
brightly colored, always in bloom ones? Wait, those might be plastic. They might be, but as you pass the store, you are drawn in by the beauty, fragrance, and allure of the rather unique petal-filled vase. Something about these flowers say, look at me, smell me, buy me. What happens after you go into the store? What happens if you bring the flowers home to your significant other? What happens as you share in the moment together? Decide on the interaction between people and the flower. Decide on the interaction between the people and each other after interacting with the budding entity. Decide on the happenstance that erupts in the life of the first person to see the flower. Decide on the path. Decide on the story and write. Post it to our website at storyinstitute.com or share elsewhere. But write and enjoy. And here's today's poetry topic. Bring home the sprites, pixies, and fairies. Sprites, fairies, and pixies have a special place in our imagination. They flutter around like little butterflies but possess far more brightness and provide more light. These creatures enchant us as children and remind us of our con- connections to a fantasy-filled past as adults. Where do they come from? Are they real? Or are they truly a part of our imagination? Write about their links to another world. Write about their wafer-thin wings. Write about their insights into nature. Write about why they bring us so much magic. Remember, poems are simple but have all the power of a story in a tiny little space. Post it to our website at storyinstitute.com or share elsewhere. But write and enjoy. Those are some great topics. Thank you, Terry. And thank you for joining us at Story Institute's Ramley Verser. Be sure to join us next week when we'll bring you a new author sharing their passions for writing and publishing. Until then, imagine, enhance, and grow your stories. <laughs>